This is a quiz bowl cast episode 31D, 2008 Sun and Fun Mirror at Maryland, round four between Maryland and VCU. The title character was more brave than me, more blonde than you, and died in a dungeon. Um, Gungadin. What? Gungadin? No. I'm going to pretend that was a successful buzzer fake. <laughs> no. That was, that was the answer. What's going on? Uh, thrown in there by a yellow son of a bitch by our president. Yeah, falls afoul oh, of his well-beloved no colonel, the straight westward most succinctly bred, who egged the first-class privates on his rectum wickedly to tease by means of skillfully applied bayonets roasted hot with heat, after the title character declares, I will not kiss your fucking flag. The title character is described as a conscious objector whose warmest heart recoiled at war. For ten points, name this sad tale of a man who refused to fight at home by E.E. Cummings. I dream of Olaf loud and big. Wrong. I sing of Olaf, Olaf glad and big. Fuck. I <laughs> name myself out of it. I sing of Olaf glad and big. Question. It's inauspicious. You're a brief. Yeah, well, like, you recognize that line. You know? Because there's one, it's one word different from Gungadin. So it's, I sing of Olaf proud. Glad and big. Glad and big. Yeah. Ask me anything about that poem except whether it's Gungadin or not. <laughs> Diazotized sulfanilic acid to form a purple substance. Very high levels of this can be caused by the Krigler Nader syndrome and the Dubin Johnson. Bill Rubin? Yes. This is my ACF national submission. Answer these questions by a catalyst often used for industrial applications for 10 points each. A registered trademark of W.R. Grayson Company, this catalyst was developed in 1926 by its namesake, who discovered a highly efficient method to hydrogenate cottonseed oil using two metals. I don't know. One large. Two metals. I want to say with the rain oak catalyst. That sounds like one metal. Yeah. What's in Lindlar's catalyst? I have nice. no fucking clue. Lindlar's. That's rain. Ah, sorry. According to Rainey's 1926 patent, his eponymous catalyst is roughly 85% nickel, with the remaining mass comprised of what other metal? Well, now we're going to learn about Here's this. the other metal. <laughs> uh, what would go what with Palladium? That's a catalyst. I like it. Palladium. Aluminum. Ah. In order to avoid the formation of ferrite precipitates, higher concentration solutions in this caustic metallic base, often manufactured using Nelson's process, are used during the activation process. Caustic metallic base. Oh, shit. No, it's English. Oh, oh, shit. No, it's English. Oh, shit. 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 The dates among scholars differ. 800 to 200 BCE is commonly accepted date for this age. Coined in the work The Origins and Goal of History, this term describes the rise of transcendentalist thought, changed the nature of religious belief from primarily nature-based or animalistic to more supernatural or deity-based religions. Its name implies the central role it played in history. Um, so what? So it's an age from yeah, 800 age, to 200 like, like BC. The animistic age. Yeah, like the central role it played in history. Like the really important age. The Iron Age. Okay. The, the Iron Age. The Axial Age. <laughs> the term Axial Age was coined by this theologian and philosopher who was influenced by the work of Weber and Kierkegaard. I'm, I'm sure he was. <laughs> 
Okay, well, well why don't we let's, let's pick a theologian and philosopher. Like, there can't be like a million of them. <laughs> I mean, like Tillich, Bieber, Tillich. Uh, it's Carl Jaspers. Okay. <laughs> this current comparative religionist, the author of a number of works, including A History of God and a well-received biography of the Prophet Muhammad, suggests that a second axial age occurred during the Enlightenment. Well, I've, I've learned something. Smith. <laughs> uh, Johnson. It's Karen Armstrong. Okay, that's fine. So, like, why would you not include like a real Jasper's clue? Which makes no I sense. mean, that's, that's a real Jasper's clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fan of paper. I mean, like, I'm not every Not every guard. That's my call, Jasper's question. Tells <laughs> important. Though it can apply to intrinsic types, one must use the on first use idiom for these in order to avoid the static initi- initialization order fiasco. In cold fusion, the init method can be used to create pseudo versions of these. In Java, that cannot be directly invoked, and the keyword new must be used. And in C++, are you, are you talking about objects? No. Protest? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and in C++, the double colon indicates that this is being used. Ambiguity errors are common in overloaded versions of these, and since it never has an explicit return type, it is different from an instance method. In many instances, if one is not explicitly defined for a class, a parameter list default one is generated by the compiler. For 10 points, name this object-oriented program implement, a member function with the same name and the class used to create the used to create and initialize objects of that class type. Uh, the parent, the constructor, and that's like a really misleading way to say that. Like that matters. I'll protest that. The clues okay. before it. Mm. I don't know. I'll, I'll trust Mike. Like I hear he knows some computer science. You sure he does? Good luck finding someone to resolve it. There he goes. Good rational five to five. Let's go. Okay, that's five. The discovery of new natural resources at Rodersrand reignited interest in the region by one of the combatants in this conflict. One incident in this war saw a surprise engagement that led to the Cornsprut disaster. Boer War? Prompt. Second? Yeah. <laughs> why, do you, why, do, why do they do that? I was mulling over negging with first Boer Wars. That's a good buzz. That would be lame to have a first Boer War toss up. <laughs> Possible. There's a lot of uh, Wiener's Rule number one violating going on in this <laughs> one already, so. Gathering initially as a kind of joke in June 1919, for 10 points, name this group of New York writers who refer to themselves as a vicious circle who met at the eponymous Manhattan Hotel. For 10 points, one member of the famously witty Algonquin Roundtable was this playwright and frequent collaborator with Moss Hart, whose play You Can't Take yeah. It With You won the 1938 no, you, Pulitzer Prize. You can't take it with you. Who was the other guy I worked with first? I don't know. If we don't know, we're going to say Kaufman. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. For a final ten, Edna Ferber became a member of the round table. Uh, Edna Ferber, another member of the round table, won the 1925 Pulitzer for this novel about Selena Dijon's okay, decision so to become a school teacher. It subtle comes from the reply given to the question about yeah. the size of her baby. That's right. So I big. Yeah. I thought that was about like a ranch. Well, Quiz Bowl's leading so big player. <laughs> <laughs> A collection of letters.
letters written by Elizabeth Vaugh to this author was collected under the title of a novella about an unnamed narrator's love for the title character named Ingrid Loomis, the princess with the golden hair. That novella forms center of this man's loosely set of loosely organized sketches set during the Depression era, Memoirs of Hegate County. Evan Wilson? Yeah. These were akin to the fates of Greek myth. For 10 points, name this group of three maidens who chilled at the base of the world tree. They were known as the Weird Sisters and made sure that she was properly watered and occasionally pruned. Well, like the Norns? Norns. Uh, one of the three Norns, along with Erd and Skuld, was this hottie who represented the present moment, as her name was the present verb form of to be. Verdandi and the other two maidens were members of this race of Norse giants. You turn giant? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. doesn't Yoden just mean giants or is that like a frost? It's a race, I mean. Alright, Yoden's. Yeah. I, I don't know any other race. Knowing the like geography of Yggdrasil's roots would have helped you out a lot so far in this tournament. <laughs> As this value depends on the properties of the material, shape, and density of the object, if the material can flow to adopt the hydrostatic equilibrium shape, then the body will instead be elongated along the radius vector. For a binary system, this value is defined by the Jacobi constant, such that the zero velocity surfaces around the two bodies will intersect in the Lagrangian liberation point L sub 2. Assuming that the satellite body has zero tensile strength, the same density and negligible mass as compared to the parent body, this has a value of 2.4 Roche. Yeah. They're talking about two bodies. Yeah. Give words with these bitchin mathematically inspired titles for ten points each. This play by Carson McCullers tells of Philip Lovejoy, an alcoholic suicidal writer who decides after being released from the sanatorium to visit his ex-wife. Much non-polarity ensues despite what the title may suggest. Radical wonderful. The square root of wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> In this work of nonfiction by Aaron Dai Roy, takes a rather critical look at the policies of the Bush administration before, during, and in the wake of September 11th. Algebra of Infinite Justice? Yeah. The second volume in Gregory Key's sci-fi fantasy alternate scientific history series, The Age of Unreason, with Ben Franklin and Isaac Newton as main characters, tells of troubles after Newton discovers the philosopher's Mercury and the title group destroys London with the comet. The mathematicians title group, the astronomers. It's not that. The Royal Society. A calculus of angels. Okay. I have to get one. It's a good 20 there. I've never heard of any of that shit. I don't like science fiction, does it? You need that toss on Angela Carter to read them. In the Chinggis Ivanov novel, The Day Lasts More Than a Hundred Years, one character undergoes brutal torture to become a mancurt slave to a tribe of this people. Song sources describe them as the Black River tribe, and the Song capital, Kaifeng, was captured by them in 1126. Are you serious? Like, jerkins? Yeah. Hmm. Kaifeng. I like that. It's a good compliment. Hey, Chinese history. Yeah. That is. So far, so good. It is defined as electromagnetic radiation emitted when a charged particle moves through a transparent medium at a velocity greater than the speed of light in that medium. What I call that. It occurs mainly That's in visible and near UV regions of the electromagnetic spectrum. For 10 points each, first, named for the 
winner of the 1958 Nobel Prize in Physics, the first detector for this type of radiation was installed on the spacecraft Sputnik 3. Detector. Well, what's the Cherenkov radiation? Mm -hmm. okay. This doubly eponymous formula yields the energy distribution of Cherenkov radiation per unit length per unit frequency as a charged particle moves through a medium at superluminal velocity. That's a thing that other people get off of the BB on Cherenkov. Eric Mubergy's jumping up and down right now. Answer? Nope. Frank Tong. Right. The Cherenkov angle, or the angle of incidence between the emitted radiation and the path of the relativistic particle, can be observed using the ring imaging Cherenkov detector, or RICH, one of the large electron positron quadrants at this European particle physics lab. That's a good one. That's what that is, sir. Yeah. Suggests that the title subject, when in the right state, is man thinking, and while in a degenerate. American scholar. Mm -hmm. right. Oh. That's right. Mark Twain wrote of this event, and may be called the finest thing in an Australian history. For 10 points, name this gold miners' rebellion, precipitated by the murder, murder of James Scobie and spearheaded by the Ballarat Reform League in 1854. This event is often seen as a watershed movement no, no, in the genesis that's, that's of democracy right. in Australia. Something else. Um, I don't think of this. Are you sure it's not the alcohol thing? No, the rum rebellion was like 50 years before that. Like the, the Macquarie Rebellion. Eureka Stockade. Uh, the Eureka Stockade took place in this province of Australia, near the mining town of Bendigo. Its capital is at Melbourne. So that's New South Wales? I think that's Victoria. 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 Yeah. The leader of the stockade was this Irish emigre, a civil engineer by training. After the events of the rebellion, he went on to become a member of the Victoria Legislative Assembly, attaining the post of Speaker in 1880. As a young man, he was involved in the Young Ireland movement. <laughs> I know like a lot of people in the Young Ireland. None of them wound up. I don't know which speaker of the Victoria you know Assembly is. Hamilton. Right. Uh, I'm friends with a lot of them. What is it? Peter Fenton Lawler. Vandalized Wikipedia article says related to Jerry Lawler. I'm done. I'll back you up. from the captain George Ladeau, this person's goal was to recruit the German assistance of Ernest Augustus, Duke of Brunswick-Lunenburg. However, the failure to inform the captain of the previous arrangement with Karl Kromer led to disaster. That contract was for 20,000 francs in order to gain intelligence. Oh, Phantom of the Opera? Yeah, that's going to be a terrible name. <laughs> Was his contract? Well, that made my round. <laughs> None of those other clues even kind of fit. Terrible. How about that? Um, that contract was for twenty thousand francs in order to gain intelligence information for Germany, and because of this person's intimate connections with the European elite, was given the code name H twenty one. After divorcing her husband in nineteen o three and debuting at the Musée Guimet, she was known by sight in Europe because of her orientally inspired performances. Born Mar. Margaretha Zeller, for 10 points, named this iconic femme fatale, a Dutch exotic dancer convicted of espionage for the Germans during World War I and executed by the French, whose adopted Malay stage name means Eye of the Day. Mara, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. That's exciting. That's what he was paid. <laughs> None of the... No. 
It defines three character types which dominate in the United States, two of which are inner <laughs> Why do you tell me what this is? For 10 points, in this landmark 1950s sociological analysis of the Changing American character. You know, I, I have read The Lonely Crowd. The Lonely Crowd was written by this Harvard-educated lawyer, along with Nathan Glazer and Rule Denny. He clerked for Justice Brandeis and also co-wrote The Academic Revolution with Christopher Jenks. Reisman. According to Reisman, after the end of World War II, this personality group became dominant as the middle class began to grow and to reorganize itself as centrally important. This group has the most adventurous sex lives since they need constantly reaffirmation okay. of the fact that they are not socially embedded automatons. Like, I think you just want other directed. Yeah. Okay. So, there's an other directed buzz you made there. Uh, at the half, I have 150 and 45. I would say it's within. Uh, this is directed by something. Yes, I get this combined with 95% ethanol changes Congo red preparations to blue for better contrast. A nuclear staining technique, such as the Fulgen reaction or the Giesma stain, initially placed the fixed smear in a bath of this for 10 minutes. This, or H2SO4, is slowly added. Like, you want sulfuric acid? Oh, I see. What no, that's what they did. Oh, that's lame. Yeah, that's like... They just got rid of it. Why would he clue that early? Yeah, like, what kind of construction is that? Call it the South Florida special there, Jeremy. Why don't you say either this compound or... <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the toss-up. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's okay. This, or H2SO4, is slowly added to agitated skin milk in the preparation of acid casein. Phosgene... Uh, Phosgene causes pulmonary edema by the disruption of alveolar capillary membranes due to its conversion into this and H2CO3. At standard pressure, one common azeotrope contains this at 20.24% by weight and water. It is used in a solution used for cleaning NMR tubes, and this combined with nitric acid is known as aqua regia. Also known as muriatic acid, for 10 points, name the strong acid, the major component of gastric acid. HCL. Yeah. That was like a false hose. Yeah. It wasn't a hose. <laughs> I sure if you guys get like some bizarre cars bonuses. <laughs> hey, we got ten on that bonus. That science bonus. Science chemistry <laughs> cars. For ten points each, in any of these works of British architect Norman Foster. Okay. This building, located awesome. at 30 St. Mary Axe, is the London headquarters to a reinsurer and is one of the tallest buildings in London, despite its diminutive nickname. The headquarters to what? It has a diminutive nickname and it's big. Little something. Little Ben. <laughs> Little tower. It's the the gherkin or Swiss Ray Tower headquarters. One one gherkin. Yeah. <laughs> Small. Norman Foster renovated this building by adding a dome with a panoramic view of Berlin. It suffered a major fire in 1933, supposedly set by a Dutch The Reichstag. An uncommon triangular framing pattern marks this tower located in New York City. Companies such as Cosmopolitan, Good Housekeeping, and the San Francisco Chronicle reside here. Is that the thing that's just a flat iron building? No, no, no. It's just, that was yeah. older. Okay. Isn't it the, the famous building that just opened, like the newest skyscraper in the world? This came up a couple times this year. Okay. I don't know what it's called. It's, it's something. The New York Times building or the Hearst Tower. Hearst Tower. That's what it is. That's that, it's that about. that recently opened. All right. Hey, write that down. Hearst Tower. Yes. Norman. Hey, I know by Norman Foster. Creator of the girl. In one work, this thinker defines the title subject as the collision between certain biological immutabilities and the primordial belief in the permanent nature of human existence. 
This collision explains a number of phenomena, such as the attractiveness of violent death over natural death, and the persistent appeal of capital punishment despite its failure to deter, and his psychology in the soul. Uh, Stanislav Grof, the founder of transpersonal psychology, was heavily influenced by this man's work, and another work subtitled Creative Urge and Personality Development was prefaced by Anne Nin, art and artist. Breaking bitterly with Freud after the <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Auto wrong. Wrong? Yeah. Or yeah. wrong. Yeah, he didn't mention the person. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. But that's correct. This is a about a German poet and his works for 10 points each. This is exciting. This poet, philosopher, and mystic of the German Romantic movement adopted his pseudonym for the first time when he published his work Pollen in the literary journal uh, Athenaeum, published by the Schlegel brothers. Okay, so like, I mean, Holderlin did all that shit. Like, is that like could it be someone else or it could be like Novalis? Go with your first one. Yeah. Like, Holderlin. It's Novalis. Fuck. <laughs> Luckily, the best known work of Novalis is this set of six prose and verse lyrics written after his fiance died of tuberculosis. A rather melancholy piece laments, "Must the morning always return? Will the despotism of the earth be never cease? Clearly, preferring another time." Hemstemonite. In another work by Novalis, the unfinished novel Heinrich von the protagonist, a quasi fictional medieval minstrel singer, dreams of this symbol. Blue Central flower. Yeah. Fuck. Have you read Heinrich von Offerdinger? I mean, like, it's on my list. <laughs> Big list. What was that form that a question on that? What? I mean, it was Chicago Open. I couldn't remember the goddamn name of Heinrich von Offerdinger. The okay. answer The answer was Heinrich von Offerdinger? Yeah, it was a Chicago Open. It was a black thing that's Okay, all right. <laughs> It is thought that the final transformation of the seventh chord is evident in much of the composer's other work, symbolizing his obsession with Steffi Geiger. It represents in this work a change from the grotesque, as in the 14th Bagatelle, to the violent, as portrayed by the willful protagonist. Her single-mindedness leads to her ruin in this opera, and in minor second, anticipates her seeing blood, and is known as the blood motif. As the newlywed pushes through the piece, uh, and through each door, she changes upon a garden. To Bluebeard's castle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Open doors. Good buzz. Answer the following about a 15th century European conflict for 10 points each. Fought contemporaneously with the Lancastrian phase of the Hundred Years' War, this conflict, lasting from 420 to 430, sorry, 1420 to 1430, pitted the supporters of an executed Bohemian cleric against the Catholic forces of King Wenceslas. This July 30th, 1419 event, the first to occur in its namesake city, saw two anti-Hussite burgermeisters killed by an angry mob of rivals led by John Zelewski and sparked the Hussite Wars. Throwing people out the window in Prague. Prague? Thus defenestrating them? Yeah. The ingenious military commander of the Hussites, he developed the Wagenberg tactic of mobile fortresses and implemented artillery called Hoofnesses from where we get the word howitzer. He led his Czech forces to victory over Sigismund at the Battle of Nemetsky Brod before dying of the plague in 1424. Maybe. He's a figure, I don't know what he's sure. Prokop. Uh, Zizka? It's, it's John Zizka. Who's Prokop? Prokop Boy. He was another guy. Prokop is his first name, too. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Who is Prokop someone? Prokop Boy, he's, he's a minor figure in the Hussite Wars. Yeah. Zizka. Cy Twombly's version in Oil, Pencil, and Crayon has been described as an orgiastic fusion and confusion of energies. The Getty and Prado Museums own Roman marble copies of the lost versions attributed to Timotheus. 
Cezanne's version features a reclining nude on a blue background, while the background is red and the title characters are curled up together in London's National Gallery's copy of a lost work by Michelangelo. A copy of a lost Leonardo work of this depicts on the lower left the four newly hatched children of the title characters. Clytemnestra, Polyphysis, um, Lita and Swan. Good. Lateral muscles are good. That's how you do it. That's only to the side. <laughs> this reaction, named after a Swiss chemist, is a radical nucleophilic aromatic substitution. For 10 points, name this reaction that results in the formation of aryl halides from aryl diazonium salts. He's not Swiss. He's not Swiss. He's definitely German. Um, it's the Sanderson. It's um, the uh, Dickman reaction. Sandmeyer reaction. Sandmeyer, that's what Diazonium salts are important in this reaction, where they react with an aniline or phenol to create a namesake compound. These compounds can often be used to make dyes like methyl red. Do you know what anything that's in those? Is something to do with the Sandmeyer reaction? Uh, Olefin metathesis. That's good. Olefin metathesis. Uh, Azocoupling. <laughs> Similar to the Sandmeyer reaction is this reaction, in which the conversion of aryl amines takes place via diazotization to aryl fluorides. Either a Japanese name, if you heard of one that's Japanese, or the Michael thing. That's the Michael edition, so. Sure. The Michael edition. It's Shimon. Sure. Shimon. Shimon. Yeah. No Learned helplessness at it again. Good stuff. In the Syntagma Philosophicum, the French Catholic priest, Pierre Gassendi, attempted to introduce a Christian, Christianized form of this theory and a rejection of Aristotelian thought. The mathematical theorization of this began after its physical interpretation in the 4th century BC and on through works of Xenocrates and Diodorus Cronus. This theory was generated in response to the problems raised about the continuum by the Eleatic philosophers Parmenides and Zeno. The single surviving quote we have from its founder suggests this theory's development was used to assert universal determinism, uh, though Epicurus's notion of swerve makes compatible this theory with the notion of free will. Russell and Wittgenstein's work offers a logical form of this paradigm, and its founder's student held that the eponymous entities lacked secondary qualities. For 10 points, name this theory developed by Democritus. <laughs> like, atom? A atomic theory? The theory of the atoms? Not great. Mm -hmm. Um, Atomism. I, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I said nepotism. All right, clear it. Clear it. Finish the question. Let someone buzz in over there. And uh, for, uh, developed by Democritus and Lysippus, and suggests that all things are composed of tiny, indestructible particles. I mean, what is it, like atomism? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the things you said were not atomism. We'll mark that to see if it matters I or mean, something. I said atoms. Let's do that. Like, atoms is not atomism. Atoms is not a theory. It, it said... Like, right, I would just we put it into the I'm back of protest and we'll do it. Okay. okay. All right. So, so, about it. so are we... So who are we? I'm protesting it and then we'll move on. Yeah. So, so we're giving it to them. Please give them a bunch. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. are much more creative than their douchebag cousins, those sad-parroting academic hangmen middle Platonists. For 10 points each, give these items related to those Neoplatonists. Okay. 
this neoplatonist is often considered the most important member of the movement, a student of Ammonius Saccas. Much of what we know about him comes from Porphyry's introduction Plotinus. to his most famous work. Yep. Plotinus. Yeah. Plotinus' most important work, split into six groups of nine pieces, hence its title. It discusses the nature of the nose and the emanations from the nose and its inherent distrust of materialism coupled with its metaphysical emphasis on form and essence. It made ripe ground for mystics from many religious denominations to theologically massage. Aeneas. The thought of Neoplatonists was reject was utilized to great effect by this theologian and Christian Neoplatonist whose conversion is mentioned in Acts seventeen thirty-four. This judge of the Areopagus has such attributed works as the celestial hierarchy and the divine names. Mm-hmm. So it's not Athanasius, it's, yeah. it's a judge, it's converted to Neoplatonism. We got anything? I got nothing. No. Revolutionary politics in the last days of Louisiana Red and parodied slave narratives and flight to Canada. Uh, it's yeah. Ahmad, you're awesome. Like, well, he, he wrote he wrote a satiric novel about how Santa Claus leads a rebellion of black nationalists against the White House that I read. What is this called? The Terrible Twos. It's pretty awesome. Okay, name these items related to a branch of abstract algebra named after a French mathematician. Okay, okay. Ten points each. Growing out of an attempt to system, systematize the types of solutions of higher order polynomial equations, it elucidated the conditions for which certain types of polynomials could be solved by the method of radicals. Just Galois yeah. theory. Galois theory? Yeah. Yeah. Galois theory gave an elegant answer as to why this theorem, which states that there are no general solutions to polynomials of degree five or higher is true. It is named after Italian and Norwegian mathematicians. So it's like the, um, oh, no, it's, 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 it's Abel is one of them. They, 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 they want the other guy too, it's the Abel, like something, something Italian. Mascheroni, I think. Uh, the, something you know, Abel, Abel theorem. No. The Abel Ruffini. Abel Ruffini theorem, mm. wow. Uh, Galois theory also shows why this cannot be done to every angle with a straight edge and compass. It's like, not trisect? I, I think trisect works. Sorry. Go with trisect. Trisect. Mm-hmm. Good, good thinking. Is that 20? Yeah. 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 Only this one plus one Ishmael Lee. Exciting. 17. This work, the title of which is a pun on the author's name, is in a class of literature known as precedent anthologies, and they represent either commentaries or distillations of more authoritative texts, such as the record of the transmission of the lamp. In the preface to this work, the author suggests that the Buddha is the mind basis and the title structure is an incarnation of Dharma. It further claims that the obsession with words and phrases... The gateless gate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has a title structure. Very good. My gate. Uh, no one's that person. I don't think it has a... It was collected by women. They were the quintessential Russian wits. Answer questions about them for 10 points each. 
Born in 1897 and 1903, respectively, and then Sarah Odessa, these two satirists took, set out on a 10-week road trip across the United States in 1935, armed with a Leica camera to investigate the yeah. hidden America, far from the despairing screams of stock workers rushing through the skyscrapers, waving their ever-falling chairs. I'm not sure what's happening here. I assume these are like poets or something. This is amazing. Do you know another Russian filmmaker who's an eyes like that? There's two of them. Is yeah. that? No. Answer? Nothing. It's Ilpin Petrov. Yeah. Apparently one of those. Ilpin Petrov are fondly remembered for this wildly popular 1928 work in which former Baron Vorobyanov uh, sets off on a manic quest to find a trove of family jewels supposedly hidden from the Bolsheviks in the titular pieces of furniture. In 1970, it was made into a slapstick comedy starring Mel Brooks. Okay. Awesome. Hey, chairs. Yes. Yeah. Mel Brooks is called chairs. Say chairs. That, that sounds good. Yeah. The chairs. Twelve chairs. Twelve chairs. Oh, yeah. The twelve chairs marks the first appearance of this street smart swindler, son of a Turkish bay, who also appears in the Golden Calf, blackmailing his way to Turkestan, and is grandmaster of the interplanetary chess conquerors in that titular tale. In Russia, his name has become synonymous with con man. This is pretty awesome. What's going on? I don't think so, but like, I just like Grafty Graftovich. <laughs> oh, Ostop Bender, yeah. Like Jerry got it? Like, I'm, I'm sure Jerry's again, like, he's like, maybe. He's, he's thrilled right now. I feel like I'm version. Well, it's it's not a pack we put uh, Yeah, <laughs> right there. 1966, Martin Heidegger and Eugene Fink presented a seminar on the work of this man, and though he suggests the, the thunderbolt guides all things, Popper called him the first historicist philosopher of nature. Indicative of his ontological positions, he acknowledges the need for war and strife and calls it the father and king of all. He was the first to use the term cosmos to refer to the world instead of just order, and he suggests for souls it is death to become water. Known for his concept of the unity of opposites, the notion of flux, and that fire was the <laughs> or free Socratic philosophy. Yeah. Officially founded in Denver, Colorado, this collective of American musicians and bands has produced a number of indie rock groups, such as the Olivia Tremor Control and Neutral Milk Hotel. Ten points. Name this recording collective with the pachydermal moniker and spiritual home at the Orange Twin Conservative Community in Athens. So there's something to the elephant. Something elephant. Oh, is this what the Horse and Elephant Club is from that, that album? Say that. The Horse and Elephant Club? It's Elephant Six. They're involved with like a Velvet Underground. One of the most recognized Elephant Six bands is this group with such quizzical album titles as Hissing Fauna, Are You the Destroyer, and Koku. Okay, Lucar, sure. Asleep in the Poppy, a variety of whimsical verse. Club Montreal. Mm -hmm. they have that Elephant Six was disbanded in 2002. However, in 2007, they reopened its doors when this band placed the logo on its album, New Magnetic Wonder. Their name comes from a Pink Floyd song about two types of fruit typically used to describe things as radically different. Apples and oranges. <laughs> band I've heard of. Apples and oranges. It's the apples and stereo. Oh, that's, I've heard of them. Okay. Stereo is not a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Right, we still get that question because we do win. Yeah, 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 I guess we'd have to so. have to win the, yeah. these toss-ups and yeah, the we protests. Just have to, just good <laughs> As a character, he was the villain of the 1938 Real and Anderson musical Knickerbocker Holiday, and famously sang September song in this show. In real life, though, he was the governor of Curacao, which carried out an April 1644 attack on the Spanish-held St. Martin, where he received a wound, which led to his nickname. In 16... Stuyvesant? Mm -hmm. 
Sand primes, perhaps? No. Okay. I don't, I don't know the answer. Oh, like maybe. Um, an important type of this class of numbers are derived from Fermat's uh, little theorem, though such numbers are usually odd, four could qualify under certain conditions. Though they are composite, they pass tests that uh, fail for most composite numbers. For 10 points, in this class of numbers, whose primality has not been rigorously shown or is only probably prime. Oh, Prime factors. No. Pseudo prime. Pseudo prime. Final score Maryland 130, VCU 250.